Holiday House Books for Young Readers, Peachtree Publishing Company, and Pixel and Ink present Janae Brownwood, author of the Where in the Garden Picture Book Series, in conversation with M. Shipman, Executive Director of Kids Gardening. Hello, my name is Keith Strunk, and this week, the guest book welcomes Janae Brownwood and M. Shipman. Janae Brownwood is an award-winning author of picture books, including Imani's Moon, an NAESP Children's Book of the Year, and a Reading is Fundamental Multicultural Book Pick. She has degrees in psychology, child development, and education, and has a lifelong passion for storytelling. Her Where in the Garden series with Peachtree explores different types of gardening during every season of the year. The first two books in the series, Amara's Farm and Miguel's Community Garden, are out now. Book list called Miguel's Community Garden, A Breezy Introduction to Gardening. Joining Janae is M. Shipman, Executive Director of Kids Gardening. M. has nearly 20 years' experience leading transformative programs in food systems, agriculture, and education. She's a passionate advocate for children and the planet and believes that garden-based learning and hands-on, place-based education benefit both. Her organization, Kids Gardening, supports educators and caregivers that bring the life-changing benefits of gardening to kids by creating opportunities for them to play, learn, and grow through gardening. And as a mom of two young boys, she knows from personal experience that gardening helps kids in a multitude of ways. Janae and Em, welcome to the guest book. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Keith. It's great to be here. And hi, Janae. Hi. <laughs> Let's start off by talking a little bit about your picture books. I have a copy here of Miguel's Community Garden and Amara's Farm. Can you describe this series to me in the, the Where in the Garden book series? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure to, because it's been such a fun series to write and to share with the world. So the Where in the Garden series follows um, a diverse group of characters through a variety of gardens. So Miguel has a community garden, Amara is in a farm, um, Logan is in a greenhouse, and Lynn is going to be on a rooftop garden. And so these adorable characters move through the different gardens and they're looking for specific produce. But the thing about their gardens is they're so bountiful and so have so many beautiful plants that the kids then have to do some compare and contrast to find the right produce. So the, each story starts off with a characteristic of that produce and then the kids will move through the garden and say, is this a sunflower? Well, it has this thing that compares to a sunflower but it has this thing that's different than a sunflower. Nope, that's not a sunflower. And so they move through the garden until they're able to find that, that produce, in Miguel's case, the sunflower. And you know what, I, what I've been able to do with the series is introduce children to familiar, but also unfamiliar types of produce. So you'll see things like you know oranges or um, sunflowers in the stories, but then you'll see things like artichoke, or mulberries. And so it's this sort of nice introduction to young kids about a, a, of a variety of produce. And then on top of that, it also includes a recipe at the end where uh, I like to say kid chefs can uh, get an adult helper and prepare some of the different dishes that include some of the produce that was in that book. And finally, Em, if, as if that wasn't enough, right? Um, I've actually been making these little cooking videos. They're called Cooking with Janae, 
where myself and two chef extraordinaire kids, which is actually my daughter and my nephew, um, we then prepare that special recipe. And I have this really fun video of us doing that. So Amara, so far I've done one for Amara where we make the um, molasses pumpkin bread. And then we just put one out last week for Miguel where he makes the sunflower spinach salad. Yum, that sounds so good. I will have to watch those with my sons. We read the books and we really enjoyed them. My, my oldest is six and my youngest is two. And I could tell they were both getting a lot out of it. Yeah. Our youngest really with, like you mentioned, the familiarity to these new vegetables. And they did know a few, but a few were new to them. Yeah. And one thing that we loved also, the oldest loved that repetition that you mentioned of, okay, these are pointy leaves and, you know, pumpkin doesn't have the pointy leaves. So looking on to the next vegetable in the garden. So I think that that, you know, from a, from a parent's perspective and an educator perspective, I can see the brilliance in the approach there. So really Thank you. That. Ooh, brilliance. That makes me blush, <laughs> Em. <laughs> you know, I, I've been getting really great feedback about that. One, when I read the books to the kids and I'll say, is that a pumpkin? And I mean, just, no, they're like shouting at you. Yeah. No, yeah. And that energy, you just, oh, I, I don't know. I thrive off of that energy. And um, a parent was sharing a story with me and that I just have to share here. Um, she has a four-year-old and she read Miguel's community garden with her four-year-old. And she said, after they read it one day, they were out and he saw a dandelion. And he says, he points to it and says, is that a sunflower? Well, it's got yellow leaves, you know, yellow petals like a sunflower, but it's not a sunflower. And she was so excited because she's thinking, well, here is, you know, my child taking some content that he learned from a book and applying it to real life. And her sharing that with me as an author and an early childhood educator, I'm just like, yes, think of the cognitive development that's being supported. And, you know, so exactly. it's, 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 I've been able to, 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 see some of these different impacts in readers and it just it just fills my heart up it just feels so good yeah it's a simple concept but it's really impactful and it really yeah that's the goal right is to teach these kids the skills of noticing and yeah it's wonderful it's it, they're really beautiful books and what so can you tell me a little bit more about the idea for them and how that came about both the the concept for the books, but also the characters. I love the diverse representation in this series. Yes. So um, I'll tell you that the initial inspiration. Um, so I, I was in a doctoral program with a colleague um, his name was Kendon. And so he was one year before me and um, I was at his home for his graduation party. And so we went into the backyard and he had at that point a preschool age daughter and his garden, I mean, I was blown away by, it. it was a smaller space, but just overflowing with so much produce and beautiful flowers. And his preschool daughter just maneuvered through that space. She was like touching things. I just sensed this comfort of, you know, this three or four-year-old in this garden space and that she loved being in that space. And I couldn't shake that. Um, and, you know, as an author, I, I'm always observing things around me because they might inspire a story. And it did. And so I, I remember going back and, and writing and 
initial version of that, which it's morphed a little bit more into, you know, morphed into what it is now. But that was the initial inspiration, his garden and his daughter, his confident preschool daughter moving through it. As far as the characters, you know, one of my charges um, as an author and educator is to help children find themselves on the pages of books. Growing up, I didn't find myself in books. And I, I realized that I actually despised reading. Like I hated it. <laughs> I did not like to read as a young child, but I liked to write. And so I wrote stories like Detective Janae. And, and really these stories where I found myself in the books. But anyway, that always stays with me. The feeling of, you know, I don't really like to read perhaps because I couldn't find myself. So my charge is very much to try to write books that include diverse characters of all backgrounds so they can walk into, you know, Barnes and Noble and find a book that looks like them or maybe find a book that has a family composition that's like theirs. For example, Miguel has two fathers, right? So for a child who might not have very many books that have two fathers, well, at least they can find themselves in my book in that mm. way. And so that's why I really tried to include diversity. You know, Amara's African-American, Miguel is uh, Hispanic or Latino American. Um, Logan is, he's Caucasian, um, but he's also in a wheelchair. And then Lynn is Asian. Um, and each of, again, their family compositions vary as well. Amara has her two grandparents. As I said, Miguel has his two dads. Lynn has um, her single mother, but also her grandparents. Um, and Logan has his parents. So it's just, you know, me trying to infuse this diversity and authentic diversity in these books. Yeah, how wonderful. Yeah, Kids Gardening, we talk a lot about windows and mirrors and mm -hmm. sure that the books that we recommend to the educators and the caregivers that we support uh, serve as windows for, for youth to see how others live, but mirrors to see themselves. And I think probably especially at a young age, the mirrors are so important just to get mm -hmm. kids to connect because like you said, you're not going to enjoy reading if you can't relate. Yep. So true. And you know, when we, when I think about now my child development hat, all these theories that talk about, you know, children really um, like Piaget has this idea of egocentrism, right? They understand their perspective and not so much others quite yet. That comes mm -hmm. later. So of course they're going to want to look for books that share their perspective and look like them or have some kind of, you know, piece that reminds them of their own lives and they deserve it. Children deserve yes. to see themselves and their stories, you know, yes. especially when they can see characters overcoming you know, characters that look like them overcoming obstacles or difficult mm. times, because it can be this reminder that you too can overcome, you know, so mirrors, windows, sliding glass doors, um, as Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop had posed it. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe in that and try to uh, infuse that into my own work. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, well, I've been talking a lot about sort of my inspiration, but Emma, I would love to, to hear more about from you, how you got interested in gardening? Well, for me, it goes all the way back to my childhood as well. Yes. And for so many people that I speak with, you know, it, it's the same. It's you garden with grandparents and you garden with parents. And it just is that early childhood positive association with the garden that, that gets you hooked. So I was gardening as a small child growing up in rural New Hampshire and taking part in 4-H. I was very lucky to 
you know, have uh, land that, my, you know, my family's land and, and yard to garden in. And then, you know, as I became a teenager and grew a little older, that love for gardening was sort of just nascent a little bit in me. Mm. But then when I graduated from college, I thought I'd like to really just take this summer before I get a quote unquote real job <laughs> and work outside. I just want to be outside, right? I'm tired of sitting in the classroom. Um, and I got a job as a gardener and I was just hooked that, you know, those sort of early childhood experiences kind of bubbled back up for me. And I was like, I just want to do this forever for the rest of my life. Uh, but gardening in, in Vermont and New Hampshire is, you know, only a few months out of the year. So you can't really make an income doing that. <laughs> sure. um, and I eventually went back to school and got my master's in nonprofit management and then landed myself in the food systems and sustainable agriculture world and then into education. And then I, as I had children, got really excited about the potential for food systems education and garden-based learning to really transform children's lives and transform their educational experience. But also in doing so, you know, transform our society if we can raise uh, the next generations of young people to be more connected to their food, more connected to their bodies and to nature. I think that's going to be good for everyone, right? I think what's good for kids is good for good for the community and good for society. And when kids are sort of feeling more connected and happier and healthier, then we're we're all in a better place. So, um, I sort of landed my dream job when I started working at at kids gardening. Um, and you know, I'm still an avid gardener. As we mentioned, I'm a mom of two and we spend mm. most of our free time in the garden. That's, that's so wonderful. And you know, what you, you said really resonated with me because you shared how your childhood experience, that piece then, you know, connected to your adult experience and, and informed your adult experience and then helped you find your passion in the garden, right? And I feel like I, I said a similar thing, not finding myself in books and then loving to write. Here I am now as an author who does that. And I just, I, I just wanted to pinpoint how that really shows the importance of childhood, right? It really mm. exposed, uh, it, it really highlights the, the importance of exposing children to these different experiences because that could be the thing that turns that light on for them and they find these these jobs that they love and live these lives that are meaningful and fulfilling for them tying back to that time in the garden with grandma right or with whatever it is that that childhood experience is and so I just I, I wanted to bring up that that thought of man we you know sometimes people look at kids like ah it's just kids but those experiences that they're having, one, we know shapes their brains and two could very much be affecting and is affecting the trajectory of their whole lives. So why not make sure we're providing authentic, important books, authentic, important experiences in the gardens or whatever their interests are. It just is, is so powerful. It's so powerful. I think those experiences, like, you know, you mentioned like exposure is everything when you're mm. a kid, it's all brand new to you. And so every new experience, it's like a new open door for you to think like, oh, a fire, you know, a firefighter, I could do that. You know, I could help people. I could, you know, 
a gardener. I could do that. I could grow trees. I could grow food for people. So everything that they are exposed to is, is just a brand new open door for them. And it's just, it's, it is really critical. Um, and the more I think opportunities they have to do these hands-on types of, of learning experiences, the better. I agree. And then when they, again, when they can see themselves, then in, in the people doing the work or in the books, then they can imagine themselves in those jobs, right? And imagine, well, I've always loved flowers or whatever. I could be a gardener. That's a thing, you know? And then they can be beyond that. They can then go on and, and work for an amazing organization like Kids Gardening, right? And do this thing for a living. So yeah. I would love it. Can you can you actually share a little bit more about the organization, the Kids Gardening Organization? I would love to, yes. So we are a 40-year-old organization. We work all across the country. We're based here in Vermont, but we have a team that works from Hawaii to Portland, Oregon to Arkansas. And we serve 3.8 million kids across the nation each wow. year. Wow. Yeah, with with uh, resources and opportunities to learn through the garden. So we primarily do three things. We offer grants, small grants ranging anywhere from $250 to $2,500 to get more kids learning through the garden. We also offer educational resources, so lesson plans and activities and curriculum for people to use to teach through the garden. And then the third piece that we offer is something called the Kids Garden Community. And that is an online platform where anyone who gardens with youth can join for free and sign up to connect with other folks who are teaching through the garden. So they would register, they would let folks know, you know, who they are, where they're coming from, what their interests and experience are. And say, if I'm an early childhood educator in New Jersey, I can indicate that and I can connect with other early childhood educators in New Jersey and we can potentially visit each other's gardens or share resources based on New Jersey's standards, share curriculum that we like, talk about funders in the area who might support our work. So the idea is to connect garden educators across the country to really grow the movement. Our mission is to ensure that all kids have the opportunity to learn through the garden. That I I feel like I'm using the word powerful over and over again. I'm an author. I I know synonyms, but it just feels like powerful (laughs) again. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, as I, with, with my, my new series, I'm getting more and more author visits that are centered around the garden. And so just being reminded of what uh, kids gardening does, I'm going to be like, have you heard of kids gardening? Have you heard of kids gardening? especially for that network piece and building compassion for the gardens and then the earth from that. Right. So that is, that is amazing. I, um, I also heard though, and I, I, I'm excited to hear from you that April is kids gardening month. Right. And I heard that I heard kids gardening has some fun ways to celebrate. Can you share those? We do. Yeah, we love Kids Garden Month. It's every year we do this. We've been doing it for 40 years. And this year, the theme is how does your garden care for you? So, you know, we know that we care for our gardens, right? Like we are watering them, we're weeding, all those things. But how does your garden care for you? Does it help you feel calm and centered? Does it feed you nutritious food? Does it give you a place to hang out with your friends? 
So we are hearing from kids all across the country, how does your garden care for you? And you cannot believe, or you probably can because you're an educator, <laughs> the amazing things that are coming back to us. So poetry, songs, videos, artwork, dioramas, like everything you can imagine. Wow. Being sent in to us from kids across the country, letting us know how their gardens care for them. And then each week we choose a winner and um, send them some fun garden goods, some some things from our sponsors. Um, and, and then we have two grand prize winners as well. And we just love doing Kids Garden Month. It's an amazing reminder of how cool kids are. Right. Gardening is, um, and how, what a great combination the two things are, right? Um, just the, the videos that the kids are sending in, especially just really warm your heart. And for me are just an amazing reminder of why I do the work that I do. So anyone can participate. So could be a classroom teacher. You could participate with your entire class. If you're a mom or dad or grandparent or, or guardian, you can participate with, with the child that you care for and you just go to kidsgardening.org and you'll see it there on the, on the homepage. It's a really fun thing to do with your kids. Um, so I know you you said a lot of the videos are coming to you guys. Um, is there a way, do you share beyond just the winners? Do you share them with the public? Yeah. So everything is shared oh. back out on our Instagram. Oh, wow. And our Instagram is at kids gardening and yes, it will warm your heart for sure. And I'm going to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check it, check it out and probably leave you inspired by kids, because as you said, they're amazing they um, and they are capable of more than adults like to, to, you know, admit. <laughs> yes. I think sometimes we even hold them back, you know? Yep. I <laughs> agree. Seen some incredible things during COVID, especially with kids just starting these garden projects to grow produce for their neighbors, to create safe spaces for people to gather outside. Mm. Just, mm. you know, gardens are actually a great way for kids with relatively few sort of inputs to do something to feel like they have some, some power, some control over their lives. And we've all needed that a little bit more during COVID. So it's fun to see during Kids Garden Month as well, some of the things that kids have done over the last few years uh, with gardens to support their communities and to support themselves and their own sort of mental health through this crisis. Yeah. So Janae, we've been talking about a lot of the benefits that kids gardening is seeing in terms of gardening with kids, but I'm curious from a developmental perspective for children, what do you see as some of the benefits? Yeah, you know, often when we think about child development, we think about the holistic development of the child. That means all of the domains of the child. So that's the physical, that's the cognitive, and that's the social emotional. And we know to develop a full human, you need each of those to be supported. And gardening goes hand in hand with each of those. So for example, physical development, right, pertaining to the body and what the body is doing, nutrition, getting out, growing your own foods, tasting new foods, you know, and healthy foods. Um, it's so important for healthy physical development. And not to mention, you know, I've done some gardening and, uh, you know, you get a little sweat go on mm -hmm. your brow and right. So it's, it's a physical labor and this is good for building muscles and coordination and digging and doing those things. So gardening helps support physical development in those ways. 
cognitively having children have to problem solve mom i planted this and now there's all these little holes in the leaves what could that be well let's do some research what are some things that might cause hole holes oh mites aphids well what are some things we can do in a healthy way to you know fight against those so that's some problem solving um, and even STEM education goes hand in hand with the gardens and being able to measure your plants and talk about pH soil and balance and, you know, so, so, so many opportunities to support academic uh, language and academic understandings pertaining to the garden helps to support that cognitive development. And then socially and emotionally, in so many ways, the garden can support that too. Um, if you're doing it together with others, you're having to cooperate with each other and work together to help this garden thrive. Um, there are also some frustrations that come with gardening. Sometimes, oh, I overwatered and now I have to start over. The range of things that can happen. But you have to then be able to deal with that emotionally, right? And then continue to persevere, build some resilience. So, the garden helps support this holistic development of children in this dynamic way. And in a way that, again, there's this agency because they're doing it. They're in the garden. They're getting their hands dirty. Um, in the, the field of early childhood education, I'd heard this term, and I don't know who coined it, but it's called disguised learning. And I do that with a lot of my books this idea of you're so engaged in the story, you don't even realize you're learning, right? You're so engaged in helping Amara find her pumpkins. You don't even realize that I introduced you to a new term in the compare and contrast, but you're going to tuck that away. You've heard it now. You can incorporate that into your vocabulary. So just like dynamic books can, it can be these um, opportunities for disguised learning. So is the garden getting in there, having to do specific things to help the garden grow and the problem solving. Now those are the same sort of skills you can use in other areas and other academic areas. Again, using the perseverance of, I try these different things with my plan, it's not working, but I'm gonna try again. So that's the same skill that's needed. And I tried this mathematics problem, I, I don't know, let me try this way, right? So gardening, it's this, it's this opportunity for disguised learning in this hands-on way because children need hands-on experiences. I mean, like literal hands-on in the dirt way. Um, and it's just, um, it's again, this opportunity to help support the holistic growth of children. Absolutely, yeah. And so authentic, right? As, yep. as teachers and as caregivers, you know, you can't, you can't even make up scenarios as good as the garden presents, right? So. Yep. I love oh, that. The whole child absolutely. learning is so critical. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's really lovely, actually. Very lovely. It's been a very nice conversation, a wonderful conversation, actually. A lot to learn, a lot to grow with, as it were. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Lots <laughs> <laughs> so, of good garden. So, yeah, lots of good uh, garden you know, <laughs> I would just go on and on, but we can't do that. And so anyway, um, the one last thing I'd like to ask you guys to do, because uh, we always ask everybody to do this, uh, this is the guest book podcast. And so we always ask our guests at the very end, how would you like to sign the guest book today? Yeah, you know, I'll start off um, when I actually sign um, copies of the garden series. So Miguel's Miguel's Community Garden and Amara's Farm, I actually sign it this way. I say, keep learning keep growing, and then I'll sign JBW. So I'm signing your guest book with keep learning, keep growing. 
That's great. I love that. And mine is similar. I would say just get out in the garden and get growing. I really think that, you know, go to kidsgardening.org, grab an activity to do with your students or your the kids that you care for, your kids this weekend and just get out in the garden. You're going to have fun. When you're having fun, your kids are going to have fun and you're going to connect with each other and learn things. Everyone's going to have a positive experience. So start small with your gardening, but yeah, get get out there. I love that. And then pick up uh, uh, Miguel's Community Garden and use that as a way to supplement that learning and check out those Cooking with Janae videos where you can make those fun recipes with the kids. Perfect. It sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of fun to be had. Oh, we're just going to rush out and do some gardening. So I thank you very, very much, <laughs> both of you, for joining us on The Guest Book. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And Em, this was a pleasure. I loved it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> me too.